In today's show, we are 24 hours away from the NBA draft. It's a 58-pick mock draft. I'm doing it here. It's my last mock draft, plus news on a rumored, likely, maybe already happened by the time you listen to this, Chris Stapp's Porzingis trade. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to BirdDogs.com slash LockedOnNBA and they'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. I usually have two big things that I do every year. One of them is a live trade deadline show, and one of them is a live draft show. So tomorrow, it's the live draft show. I want to get as many people in there as possible. I want to beat the numbers that we had last year in there. We'll cover all the picks. I'll discuss things with you guys in the chat. I'll answer your questions. We'll react to trades. There'll be reactions from me that will be correct, and there'll be reactions from me that will end up looking stupid. That's just the way it is. We're going to have some fun. So you don't have to listen to Kendrick Perkins um, talk bullshit saying that he heard that Jonathan Kaminga's grown to 7-2 because he doesn't understand how memes work on Twitter. That's what you can avoid by listening to me. I'll do memes. They won't be things that I get incorrect and report as fact. So join me tomorrow. We'll start at 7.45 p.m. Eastern, Thursday, 22nd of June. 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 Join me there over on YouTube or right here if you're watching on YouTube now. Now, I am recording my final mock draft. This is what I would do. I do not have a source. That's not true. I do not have sources everywhere around the league. So I can't tell you this is the intel and who's going where. And I'm going to talk about that in the show. If you want to get sources, intel, Jonathan Gavoni, Jeremy Wu at ESPN, they're updating their mock draft every day. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put that information up and contrast it with what I would do in that spot. And you know who's going to be right some of the time? Me. You know who's going to be right some of the other time? NBA GMs. That's how it works. So when you see a player that you think has to go in the top three and he's not in the top three, that's because I just have a different opinion. And we all know, as we look back at every draft, the order that the players are picked is definitely the order of how good they end up being in their career. That is, without a doubt, a fact. That's how it always happens. So when you stray away from things and how the NBA teams pick, well, you're always going to be wrong. Yeah? All right. So just keep that in mind. This is what I would do. I will be wrong. I will be right. And that's how it goes. Now, I would have loved to talk a little bit more about a trade that is going down, but we haven't got confirmation on it yet. So maybe if we do get confirmation, I'll go back and do another show. But the trade, we'll just talk about it because I'm going to include the pick 30 that's in this trade in this mock draft. It is Christos Porzingis going to the Boston Celtics. It's Malcolm Brogdon going to the LA Clippers. It's Amir Coffey, pick number 30, and Marcus Morris going to the Washington Wizards. Porzingis over, let's say for Boston, Porzingis for Brogdon, which is what that trade basically is. I know he, it's a it's an opt in for Porzingis. It's yeah you know, he people criticize him. He was unbelievably good. He was ma- unbelievably significantly better than Malcolm Brogdon this last season, dominatingly better. 
He was the Wizards' best player last season. Whether that continues, I don't know, but he was clearly their best player. Adding him in when they... Yes, they've got Rob Williams and Al Horford there, but we saw the lack of depth of those players. They had to start Blake Griffin multiple times. So this would allow you to keep Horford's minutes low to manage Rob Williams. And Porzingis is really, really good. So I think if you are... And they had a lot of guard depth. Marcus Smart, Derek White, Jalen Brown. I don't know if Peyton Pritchard stays there, but Brogdon was good, no doubt about that. But this is an upgrade for Boston. I'm not going adju- like, to talk about fantasy value of these players because I'm telling you now, with the Clippers, there's going to be more moves. They are not going into the season with Norman Powell, Malcolm Brogdon, Eric Gordon, Russell Westbrook. Are they getting Chris Paul? I've got no idea. But Brogdon there for them um, keeps his value, I think, pretty similar to what it was this last season, but there's still so much to happen. And with the Wizards, they're going to be shuffling a bunch of stuff. Kuzma's not coming back there. There's going to be so many opportunities open for that team, for Avdia, for Kispert, for Davis, for Pick 8, for Gafford. But there's still a lot happening. Now, Marcus Morris is bad, but we'll see what they end up doing. Chris Paul, who knows? So I can't really dive into all of this stuff because there's a lot that's going to happen over the next week or two. But I am going to include pick 30 going to Washington in this mock draft. So I had to redo a whole bunch of my stuff before I recorded this show. There also was that trade with the Nuggets and the Pacers. So the Nuggets move into the first round. They get 29 and 32. The Pacers end up getting a 2024 first. And they get pick 40 in this draft. So we had to change it. This is the first time I've ever done, not first time, first time this cycle I've done all 58 picks. That is a long preamble. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do this before we get into it. Today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at Bird Dogs. I'm literally wearing my Bird Dog shorts right now as I do every day. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Unbelievably comfortable. You've got the little inner shorts in there as well that give you the support on your leg that makes your leg look better as well. But also, there's this great short that you can... Short? That sounds stupid. These great pair of shorts that you... What's one short? That you can wear wherever you're going. You're going out for a walk with the dog, like I did this morning. You're going out to the mall, which I'll do later on today. You're going out to a bar for a drink. You're going out for dinner. You're going to someone's house to hang out for a barbecue, whatever it is. Bird dogs will transition into whatever you need them to be. They look great. They're comfortable. They are just a perfect pair of shorts. And if you go to birddogs.com slash NBA right now, you also get this free Yeti-style tumbler. That's birddogs.com slash NBA. The free Yeti-style tumbler. It is huge. They can fit a ton of liquid in that as well. What's this? You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I got into trouble this morning because I've been wearing them too much. It's like, you got to wash them. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I love my bird dogs. You're going to love them. Get your Tumblr. Birddogs.com slash locked on NBA. All right. Let's, um, let's do the mock draft. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Now, I'm not including... Potential trades that might happen. That's impossible to do. I really, I don't know. I have a real problem when I see mock drafts where I go, well, we included fake trades here. And then we've got a bunch of people to do it. And then you know, they did 17 trades that have no realistic possible chance of happening. I'm just going to do it where we're at. It's going to be wrong. Players are going to change uh, teams or picks are going to change hands over the coming days. But this is where we're sitting at the moment with this mock draft. So, On the left, you can see, if you are on YouTube, you can see my mock draft, what I would do. On the right, you can see what ESPN is currently predicting based on Intel, where they think players will go. So let's compare and contrast that. Pick number one, the Spurs. It's Victor Wembanyama. Cool. I don't think we have any concern about that. Pick number two is where it gets interesting. That's the Charlotte Hornets. I would take Scoot. Jesus God, Sterling. Yep. Everything seems to suggest, betting odds as well, is that Brandon Miller is going number two. And 
I will roast the Hornets, and I could be wrong. Maybe Brandon Miller ends up a better player than Scoot. One thing to remember about Scoot, you will see people who have vested interest in the college game. Bear that in mind. There are plenty of people who love, who are massive college basketball people who love shitting on anyone who doesn't come through the college basketball program, whether it's international players or G League Ignite players, and they'll put out stats that are incorrect. Scoot did not shoot 27% from three this season. He shot 32% from three because the way that the stats are presented, there's this section of regular season and then there's his G League showcase games. I think he had five or six games in the showcase and it took him from 27% up to 33% or 32%. So he was a 32% three-point shooter, which is totally fine. He also measured a little bit higher than the 6'2 he originally thought to be. He's a 6'3". I've got no problem with him. Brandon Miller shot well. Yeah, he also shot 18% in the tournament. We're going to use those stats exclusively. Are we going to look at the fact that he shot, I think, 33% against top 50 teams? No, we don't. So just bear that in mind. I think Brandon Miller, and this is not hate on Brandon Miller. I just would not pick him at number two. I also wouldn't pick him at number three. I think he's going to be a very, very good player. A solid player, a strong player. I don't think he's a guy that's a multiple All-NBA player or even a best player or second best player on a championship team. Can he be a second best player on a good playoff team? Probably. Can he be a third best player on a championship team? Maybe. I just don't see the huge upside for Miller. And that is no hate. That is just how the NBA draft works. You don't get seven players who are all NBA talents. You might get one or two. You might get three in this one. I don't know. But I don't have Miller at two. But ESPN does. Because that's what they think is going to happen. At number three to Portland. And I don't know if Portland's going to keep the pick. The plan for Portland was that if they didn't get number one, they were going to trade this pick. But getting number three with the chance at Scoot has changed some of the thinking in terms of the valuation of that pick. So I don't know whether that pick's going to be traded. I still don't believe that Damian Lillard is going to be traded at all. But who knows? There's so so much talk about it, but there's been talk about it every year for the last four years, and it's never happened. And every Portland person I've spoken to has said, this is a joke. Like, what are we talking about here? This is just not happening. Stuff can always change. But that's where I sit with that. And number three. It is Amen Thompson. I think he's talking to you. I have Amen going at three. I think he is the other player with absolute superstar upside in this draft class. Um, there is no way in the world that Amen Thompson is going at number three in this draft, but this is what I would do in this position. Amen's got the size to play next to Shaden Sharp, would be also the most electric backcourt in the NBA. Um, he's got the ability to defend one, twos, and threes. I think he actually could fit with Damian Lillard. I think you'd have to move on from Anthony Simons, but you could have Lillard and Amen and um, Sharp all working together. I think the shooting is a massive concern, absolutely. But there have been plenty of players who have had some success with a broken jump shot. Dirk Rose wasn't a good shooter. Jar Morant's not a good shooter. Russell Westbrook wasn't a good shooter. Uh, Darren Fox is not a good shooter. There's a lot of these players who have... Um, and I think Amen's a better athlete than maybe all of them. Maybe not Westbrook. I don't know. I would take him at three. I just think the superstar upside is there. On the ESPN side, they are taking Sterling Henderson there at number three to Portland, which is probably what's going to happen. At number four, I did change my mind from the last mock draft that I did. Um, I had Cam Whitmore originally going at number four, but I've changed it. I'm just, I'm souring a little bit on Cam. I, I do worry the vision. I just don't know where it works. If you can't pass and can't see things, uh, how does it work? He's a little bit lower on wingspan. He's not a huge wingspan guy. He is athletic. I don't know. I just soured a little bit on him, but... Everyone for me after Amen, the next five or six guys are all relatively interchangeable. So I'm going to take, at number four, Asar Thompson. I think he's talking to you. Why? Well, Asar does have still a broken shot, but a little bit better than his brother. Asar did not play point guard that much because Amen was there, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a point guard. He's still an elite athlete with elite feel, elite vision, strong defense. 
I wouldn't say he's got as high star upside that Amen does, but it's not far off. It's not far off. So I would take Asar Thompson at four. ESPN's got a men Thompson going at four, but I've moved Asar up to number four. On my big board, he is... I've actually got Asar at number five on my big board because I have someone else at number four. I just don't know that he makes a ton of sense for the Rockets because they're in the same tier. I'm moving those guys around. And that, let's do that. Let's go to Detroit at number five. I'm taking Taylor Hendricks at number five. I've got him number four on my big board. Um, ESPN's actually got Asar Thompson going at number five. And I know a lot of Pistons fans, Kuki Hill of Locked On Pistons would love that. He's a massive Asar fan. Um, we've just talked about Asar, but I've got Hendricks going at five. No people go, the Pistons don't actually need any forwards. They've got bigs. No, they've got bad bigs outside of Jalen Duran. You don't make a decision based on Isaiah Stewart, James Wiseman, and Marvin Bagley. You don't do that. Hendricks is a perfect fit, I believe, next to Duran, next to Cade, next to Ivy. He can shoot. He can defend. He can switch. He can protect the rim. He is a guy that probably doesn't have complete all-star or all-NBA multi-time upside, but why not? I think he's got higher range of outcomes than Brandon Miller. Someone said to me in one of the comments the other day, and everyone's allowed to have their opinion, man, how could you possibly take Hendricks over Miller? Um, you know, you, what, you know, poor man's, um, you take poor man's Jaron Jackson over uh, Chris Middleton. So, but what if he's not poor man's Jaron Jackson? What if he is Jaron Jackson? Look, I, I don't think that he is, but what if he is? And if he is, that is better than Chris Middleton. And I think that there is upside of him to be a really impactful defender and a damaging offensive player who maybe never averages 25 a game, but might average 19. 19 and 8 with 1.5 blocks, 1.5 steals, two threes. I think he's a really good player. And he's a guy, again, I differ a little bit to consensus on by having Taylor Hendricks at five. Number six to me is Brandon Miller. I'm not going to let him fall further than this. He's a really solid player. He's got good shooting. I think, yeah, he's 6'9", so you think he's a three, maybe he's a four. I think he can play the two at times. Um, him and France can sort of interchange there. It's not a perfect match for Orlando, but just getting some shooting is what they need. And ESPN has Anthony Black going at number six. Mr. Black. I'm not as big on Mr. Black. And I've seen a lot of interesting um, statistical projection models. Some of them are well down on Black, which marries up where I am with him. Some of them are massively high on him, got him at like number two or three. So I don't really know what to feel, but I, I think of him and I look at Amen and Nassar, especially Amen, and go, well, Anthony Black's equally as bad of a shooter, but he's not as good of an athlete. He is not as good of a passer, I don't think, and doesn't have as good of a feel. And... The reason that I can justify to myself having a man at number three is I think all those things are elite, elite tier. And I don't think they are for Black. So he's well down for me. But I know he's going to go higher. Black is being talked about at four, at five, at six as an option. Obviously, six here. I think that Anthony Black, does, is, he, is he an upgrade over Markel Fultz? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I wouldn't take him there. I know that much. And hence, I'm not because I wouldn't do it. We'll get to the rest of the mock draft, and that took a while to get through those top six. We're going to need to bash through the rest of these. Today's episode is also brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that your part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to US customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. Let's go to the next bunch. 
All right, so at number seven, I actually have the same as what ESPN does, and that is Jarris Walker going to the Indiana Pacers. And I'm souring a little bit on Jarris at the moment. I'm not sure that the shooting upside's there. The measurements came in a little bit small uh, for what I would have preferred. If I was the Pacers and Hendricks was available, I would take Taylor Hendricks over Jarris. Jarris? Why did I say it like that? Over Jarris Walker. Um, I think he's a good player. I think he's going to have a long career, but I'm not... He might be one of those guys that... Maybe he's P.J. Tucker. But is P.J. Tucker the seventh best player? Maybe he's Draymond Green. Well, Draymond Green is the seventh best player. Does he have more offensive juice? Maybe. Maybe. And I've got him at seven, so I'm not hating on him. I'm just souring a little bit on Jarris. And it seems teams might be as well, because he was mocked at five for a very long time. In fact, I think yesterday, ESPN might have had him at five to the Pistons, and they've dropped him now. Number eight, well, me and ESPN both have the same as well. Number eight is Cam Whitmore going to the Washington Wizards. Whitmore was talked to be in play at four. Now he is dropping down the boards. Shorter wingspan, lack of feel, shooting. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I think he's, again, I think he's a good player. This is a really good draft. Really good draft. I had Whitmore actually at four last time. I did have a top, you know, my top tier was Victor. My second pick was Sterling Henderson. And then I had three to eight all being the one tier. I have increased that by one player. And I've added... Uh, Case and Wallace into my tier three. I've actually got Whitmore at number seven overall on my board. I just think Walker fits a little bit better with the Pacers, so that's why I went that way. But Whitmore with the Wizards, they need star players. They need someone with some star ups, and I think Cam does provide that. At number nine, that is for the Utah Jazz. I would take Case and Wallace there. He has dropped well down in some of these mock drafts. The ninth pick for the Jazz on ESPN is Taylor Hendricks. Yeah, he can play. He can take the Kelly Linick role. Perfect. Next to Market and Kessler. That, that's totally fine. And yeah, you know I like him. I have Kaysen at number nine on my big board. I think that he is better than Anthony Black. I think he's got better upside than Anthony Black. He's got better shooting upside than Anthony Black. I think he's not far off defensively than Anthony Black. And it is literally, there is a bump that I'm giving him because of the Kentucky guard syndrome. I'm not going to deny that. That might not work out, but I'm going to go with it here. I think that Kaysen can provide, um, I think he's better than what you know, Colin Sexton's going to provide long-term. They definitely need a guard. He's the best player on my board. It all makes sense. Number 10, look at me and ESPN just equaling up here. Derek Lively to Dallas, that's what they've got as well. Lively has more offensive juice, I think, than what he's shown. He had a really good block rate. I think he's going to be a player in dynasty drafts that I would draft higher than his real-life position, although if he goes at 10, it gets a little bit iffy, uh, which we'll talk about in the coming days after the NBA draft as well. I think he's got that ability as a big man, and big men in fantasy get boosted all the time because all it takes for them is good blocks, rebounds, field goal percentage, and you become like a top 40 guy especially if you overvalue turnovers, then you think that they're way better than they are. But Lively's going to have value in category leagues. Way worse in points leagues, but a lot of value in category leagues. And I think he's a strong player to pair along with Luca, along with Kyrie. Um, you know, maybe do what they thought erroneously that JaVale McGee might be able to do for them. Number 11 is the Orlando Magic. I'm going to take Kobe Bufkin. ESPN's got Grady Dick going there. Um, I was getting some help from my partner the other night with doing uh, draft stuff because I was you know, trying to input a bunch of big board data into my thing and just scrolling back. You know how it can be annoying. I, I love an alt tab, right? My computer. Oh, yeah, squ- switch between the screens. But if I'm on my laptop, which is a Mac, that doesn't work. You can't sw- You can't have these. It's so much harder to get the two. Man, someone's going to tell me there's an easy shortcut, but I love an alt tab to switch between two different instances of my browser so I can see one page, go to the other. But you can't do that on Chrome. You've got to move the mouse up and click the t- Anyway, it's annoying on, on the Mac. So I said, hey, can you just read out these names and their numbers next to it, right? She knows nothing about who any of the players are. So she, she, she sees the name Grady Dick. 
And I don't know, I don't know what she thought, but she called him Grade A. And the fact that when you say it out loud, without knowledge, and she called him Grade A Dick, makes me think that, is there a Grade B Dick? Is there a Grade C? Is he like elite tier in levels of Dick? So that's where we're going, just workshopping nicknames for Grade A Dick. Um, elite Penis, Top Level Schlong, I don't know. There's something going on there. But anyway, they've got him going at number 11 to the Magic. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm out of practice. He's going to all our Orlando Magic. Yeah, but I don't. I've got Kobe Buffkin going there. I just think that Dick has one talent. Stroking. Best big, big stroking, shooting energy. Can he defend? I don't know. Can he do anything else? I don't know. He's got good size. I have bumped him a little bit up my board from where I had him before. But I'm always... Shooting is important. But you've got to do something else. And I think Buffkin can defend, finish, pass, dribble, and shoot. And I don't think Dick can do all those things. So I'm going to take Kobe Buffkin at 11. And then number 12 is where I differ a lot from people. I, I, I like Noah Clowney a lot. Clowney can play the four and the five. He can protect the rim. He can switch onto the perimeter. There may be his shooting upside. Maybe. He's extraordinarily young. I think he's the youngest player. Him and Whitmore are the same age. So they're both not quite 19. The youngest guy, of course, is GG Jackson. But the other guy that the ESPN took at 12 is Bilal Kalabali, who's also only 18. I'm a little bit out on Calabli. I do like the wingspan. I do like the, the size. I like the position that he plays. I'm concerned about the shot. I'm concerned about a level of passiveness. I'm concerned about sort of does he have an elite skill? Maybe it's defense. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I would take Clowney at 12 going to the Thunder, and ESPN's got Calabli going there at number 12. If we go on to 13, I do have Mr. Black going to the Toronto Raptors. Mr. Black. Um, I said, I'm not as big a fan of Anthony Black, and I'm not sure the fit is perfect there in Toronto. And he's not exactly the end of my tier four here. I've got one other guy in this tier, but I just couldn't really make it work to make sense in Toronto. So I did go with Anthony Black at 13. ESPN's got Kobe Buffkin going there, which we just spoke about. Number 14's a big riser for me, and that's the New Orleans Pelicans, and it's Brandon Pajemski. When I first did my mock draft three or four weeks ago, I didn't have him in the first round. And now I've got Pajemski going at number 14. He received a green room invite, as did every other player in the world, but he got a green room invite. And again, at some point... We can talk about level of competition in the West Coast Conference. There's plenty of good teams over there still. But Pajemski's ability to do anything, shoot, pass, rebound, defend, dribble, is great. And talk about statistical models, there are some of them that put him top five. Now, I don't really think that he's a top five player, but there's always random things that happen. And I'm just banking on statistical profile for Pajemski. Decent size. Not sure he's got significant weaknesses at this stage. So I'm going to take him at 14. I think he makes a ton of sense in New Orleans. Can he be the point guard there? Can he be an off guard? Can he play with a bunch of players? Yeah. So I'm taking Pajemski at 14. ESPN's got Jordan Hawkins at 14, much like with uh, Grady Dick. What, I'm not sure what else Hawkins does. He can shoot, but yeah, that doesn't develop into a star, I don't think. At 15, the Atlanta Hawks, I'm taking Bryce Sensabaugh. This guy's just an elite shooter. I th you talk about Grady Dick being the best shooter. I think it's Bryce. I think Bryce is a better shooter. I worry a little bit about his knees. I worry a little bit about his defense. Uh, he could be a top 10 player in this class really easily sensible. Like his shooting numbers are insane. I think he shot 40% on above the break threes and like 46 from the corners. He can score. Now I worry that he's high. Some of these high usage guys who get by with his 30% usage in college worry me. 
but he did it on efficiency, whereas con- contrast to Johnny Davis, who scored all those points but did it on poor efficiency, and that's like, ooh, you're subsisting on stuff that's just not real in the uh, NBA level. But what Sensible does is he can shoot from anywhere. So I really like his ability uh, to be a shooter. 16 is the Utah Jazz. I'm going to take Leonard Miller. I actually have Leonard Miller at 10 or 11 on my big board. We're, we're, actually, let's go and have a look. I've actually got him at 10 on my big board, so I've dropped him down a little bit here. Uh, I just think that what he did G League-wise was very impressive. Good rebounder, good finisher, athletic. Ball handling is there. Was a guard. Big uh, growth speed. 6'10 now. I think he can fit alongside uh, Markkinen and alongside Kessler. Not sure that where the shot is, but I think it can develop. I just think he's too good to pass up on. And then uh, ESPN had Keontae George, the speaker, keynote, uh, going to the Jazz there at number 16. At 17 to the Lakers, I did choose Grady Dick. ESPN's got Jed Howard, just a shooting wing. I had Dick lower than this previously. I've actually got him at 20 on my big board. But I do think that shooting um, next to LeBron, you know, we saw the minutes that Troy Brown was getting. Like Grady Dick in that role is a lot more valuable. But he could also end up being like Malik Beasley, who's a shooter on that team and then couldn't play because he struggled in so many other areas. So that's always a problem. At 18, it's Jalen hood Shafino. I had hood Shafino up at 13 last time. But just digging into more of what he did, some of his shot selection stuff, um, his shooting numbers are bad. The size is there. There is passing acumen. Um, but I just bumped a few other players over him because they produced. And I think some of what they can do can be translatable as well. I worry that hood Shafino is a little bit Carter Williamsy. Eh, I don't know about that, but he's a little bit that. Big, just gets a boost because he's a big guard. ESPN's got Kaysen Wallace at 18. That's insane to me. There's no way I'll be taking Kaysen at 18. That is real Tyrese Maxi territory of just letting a Kentucky guard fall. I don't like it. Pick number 19, I do have Bilal Kalabali going to the Warriors. ESPN's got Brandon Pajemski, so they're bumping him up as well. I'm just a little bit ahead of that. Uh, Kalabali to the Warriors. A wing defender with some offensive upside, some shooting upside, some passing upside. Sure, would he play uh, early on? I don't know. But how many rookies ever contribute to winning? None. So the Warriors can come out here and say, we want someone who's going to help us right away. Well, unless you're trading the pick, that's not happening. Now, Victor might be the difference. Maybe Scoot could be a positive contributor to winning. But I think there was like one player, one rookie who had a positive, like advanced you know, impact metric. And I think it was Walker Kessler this last season. And did he actually impact winning that much? Not really. So getting someone now to help now is just a fallacy. It just doesn't happen for rookies. So I'll take Bilal. At number 20, the Rockets. I've got choosing the pimple, Derek Whitehead. ESPN's got Olivier Maxence Prosper going there. Uh, I think Omax might be getting overrated slightly. He's 21. He's not like he's 19 and this fresh guy with all these tools. He's 21. He's played three years in college. He's actually marginally older than Brandon Miller despite playing three years in college. But he's a college transfer as well. I'm not sure the shooting's there. He feels a little too old to be that raw. So I have dropped Omax down. I've got Whitehead at 20, who's an elite shooter. If there was no foot injury, uh, he'd be in the top 14 for me. Direct, no problem. Probably top 10. 21 is Gregory Jackson, the second. GG Jackson. ESPN's got Clowney there. Well, he's already off the board for me. And then 22 is Nick Smith Jr. going to the Nets. Um, Both these guys, elite level high school type prospects. Um, Smith would have been a top three pick in this draft before the college season. GG would probably be a top five pick in next year's draft had he not reclassified. Uh, I think taking upside flies for a Nets team that I don't really know what their idea is, but these are two guys that one of them could hit and become your number one player. Big usage lead type options. They both probably won't work out, but I'll take a chance and see if I can get one of them too. Actually, the ESPN's got Nick Smith going to Brooklyn as well. Cool. Number 23, the Portland Trailblazers. I'm going to take James Nagy 
Yusuf Nurkic, I know there's a lot of hate on Yusuf Nurkic. Um, he's still there, but Najee, they get a young guy who's got really strong um, size, huge size, good shot blocking, good rim running. Probably not an ideal offensive upside play, but this is where these guys go. Capella and Gobert are two names that come to mind in particular. They go in the 20s, they come over from Europe, and they just provide great defensive impact. And Najee could be that next guy. ESPN's got Jaime Hakez going at 23. I think that's a huge L. He's like 22, 23. I think he's a solid player, but can he actually shoot? Like, I don't know. There are better players on the board in my mind, including the guy I've got at 24, CD Sissoko, who they've, uh, I've got going to Sacramento. ESPN's got Chris Murray going there. I know that's an easy comp, and I've got no problem with Sacramento taking Chris Murray, get the twin energy reunited. I just think, again, CD is falling way too far on mock drafts. CD produced at a G League level. He was able to ramp up, ramp down, roll, dependent. Can pass, defend, sure. Usage, no worries if you need me to. The shooting is a concern, but he's a big 6'8 wing with defensive and passing ability. There might not be enough total scalability for a big volume, but he showed he could do it. And I think that it's a little bit silly that him and Leonard Miller are both falling as far as they are. You'll notice ESPN has not had Leonard Miller on their board in the top 24 picks. I fear that there is a... I don't know, is there a bias? Maybe I've got a bias towards G League Ignite because Scoot Henderson's going far too low. Leonard Miller's going far too low. CD Sissoko's going far too low. Even like a guy like Mojave King, who's probably not going to get drafted, I think he's a better player than that. So is there a bias among scouts and executives towards college over G League Ignite? Maybe. Maybe. It's something to watch. I've got CD at 24. To round out my first round at 25, uh, Memphis, I'm going to take... Uh, the speaker, Keynote George, who is my guy that could he be a lottery guy, sure, but he really fits that mold of the player who was inefficient, high usage, and I'm not sure they scale their game properly in the NBA. I don't think they can, I don't think he can be a lead guard. I don't know if he can be a scoring guard. I wouldn't rule it out. Now if I look at these guys and upside, he's got clear top ten player in this class upside, as does the guy I've got at twenty six. But I'm just a lot of indicators to me suggest he might not get there. The size, the defense, passing, shot selection, shooting percentages. There's a lot of concerns there. ESPN's got Rayan Rupert going at 25. I've got Rupert significantly lower than his French counterpart, City Sissoko. Rupert's fine. I just think he's a bit party sort of a guy. At 26, it is the Indiana Pacers. I'm going to take Jet Howard there. I think he does possibly have top 10 upside. I think that his inability to get any defensive numbers, to rebound, to pass, was a worry. He's an elite shooter with great size. That is always useful, but it's useful to a degree. I think he's got some creation upside, especially for himself. I don't think he can get to being a number one option, but he's not a bad guy. ESPN's got James Najee going to the paces, and we can talk about need and fit and all that sort of stuff. I agree that Najee's a good player. Not sure about the fit in Indiana when Isaiah Jackson and Miles Turner are already there, and I don't think there are, you know, he's a clear tier above other guys that are available on their board anyway, like the guy they've got going 27. The guy I've got going 27 to Charlotte is Geordie Hawkins, who is going to go higher than this, no doubt about it. He's a good shooter. He's also 21, who, and I don't know what else he does. Is he strong enough to defend point of attack? Does he? Can he guard twos? I don't think so. Can he guard ones? Is he good enough for that? I don't think so. Can he ever pass? Can he do anything apart from be a specialist shooter? That's what I don't know. That will gain, he will get second contract in the NBA. That's useful. But I don't know that there's any star upside there. ESPN's got Lennon Miller going at 27 to the Hornets. 28, I'm going to take Amari Bailey to the Jazz. A guy that was sort of a little bit lost at UCLA, but playing behind guys like Jalen Clark did impact him and, and Huckers 
and a, even a Dembona who's gone back to school. Like, this was a lot of interesting sort of players there. And Bailey was sort of sort of squished in somewhat. I thought he showed a little bit towards the end of the season. I uh, The age profile is good. The size is good. The position is good. Just taking a flyer on a guy like that is, is worth it to me. 29, this is the Denver pick that they um, just traded with the Indiana Pacers. So I'm going to take Olivier Maxon's Prosper there, and ESPN's got Ben Shepard going at that spot. I'm souring a little bit on Shepard. I think he's a good scorer and decent shooter, but he's also much older, and did, was it a lower-level competition? I'm 22-23 beating up on young players situation. Yeah, I'm a little worried about that. I'm going to take Prosper there. Um, yeah, We saw what they did with Christian Brown, just getting more wings in there, maybe to replace a Bruce Brown if he does leave after he opted out of his contract. Yeah, Prosper's, you know, it's a great development situation going to Denver. And the last pick of the first round is now belonging to the Washington Wizards, although that trade hasn't been finalized, I don't think. Just going to check. Nope. Nothing there. Um, Maxwell Lewis, I'm going to take at number 30 from Pepperdine. ESPN's got Derek Whitehead. For me, Whitehead going behind Lewis and Shepard and Repair is insane. Sorry, ESPN. I, no, it's not ESPN. That's the intel you're getting. That, that's crazy to me. That Teams must be completely scared about his foot. Uh, I'm going to take Maxwell Lewis. I'm not really sure what Lewis does that can be, this is his thing. I feel like he's going to be one of those guys, maybe not like, I was going to say Mo Harkless, but that's not correct because Lewis is a better shooter. But one of those guys where you go, yeah, that's good. That's that's okay. That's solid enough. But what do you do that elevates you? What's the thing where you go, this is your role? And when you move from Pepperdine to an NBA team, you've got to have a role. You've got to have something that you do where you go, well, I plug you in and you do this. And I'm not sure that Lewis has got that. That's the first round. Let's bang out the rest of this draft. At number 31 to the Pistons, I'm going to take Colby Jones, who to me is Maxwell Lewis a little bit. Like, I'm not sure about his shooting, but just getting some guard depth in there for the Pistons. At 32 to the Nuggets, a newly acquired pick for them. I've got Chris Murray. ESPN's got Marcus Sasser, by the way. ESPN's got Bryce Sensible in the second round, which is crazy to me. I don't believe in that at all. At 33 to the Spurs, I'm going to take Terquavion Smith, a guy that could have been top 20 last year who does have some shooting percentage issues and is horribly thin, but just a guy that creates his own shot, which is useful. ESPN's got Andre Jackson Jr. going to the Spurs. Okay, like, I I, I don't buy the low usage, the low shooting. He can be a good role player, sure. Um, I just, I don't have him this high. Pretty clearly, you, you can see that. At 34 to the Hornets, I've got Ryan Repair going there. I'm just, I'm a little bit out on repair. I just think he's going to be a little bit passive on the wing and the shooting is going to be a problem. ESPN's got Trace Jackson Davis. At 35 to the Celtics, I'm going to take Julian Strouther. Good rebounding, good shooting guard. Could he just replace what Brogdon does? Yeah, I, th I think he could. Like, could he just turn into a less point guard in Malcolm Brogdon? I think it's possible. And 36, I've got Julian Phillips going to the Magic. Um, ESPN had Phillips going at 35, and they got Colby Jones going at 36. Phillips struggled with some of his shooting at Tennessee, but he's young. He's got good size. He's a wing. I think there's, there's first-round upside in Julian Phillips. At 37, I've got Hakez going to the Nuggets. ESPN's got Gigi Jackson. Crazy fall for him. 39, I've got Tristan Vukcevic going to the Kings, while ESPN's got Kobe Brown. At 39, I'm going to take a flyer on Jalen Slauson. A little bit older of a wing going to the Hornets, but like in the Cody Martin mold, a guy that can do bits of lots of stuff. Great defensive numbers, can play up, can play down. The shooting is a worry. He is a little bit old, but I just think that getting that defensive player in there just to you know, develop for a year and see where he goes. At 40, to go to the Pacers, I've got Trace Jackson Davis. This is the pick they acquired from the Nuggets. I Trace was great in college, but he's also doing it as a 23-year-old uh, with an offense tailored to him, and I'm not really sure how that works in the NBA. Can he be a useful backup for a long time? Yep, he can. 
Number 41, I'm going to take Jordan Walsh, who uh, ESPN had going at 40. Walsh is a guy with real shooting concerns, obviously, but just another wing defender to add to Jalen Slauson in this draft, who you chuck in there on the wing for the Hornets. They've got CD Sissoko at 41, which is crazy to me. It's crazy that they would have Sissoko at 41 while Jalen Wilson goes at 39. That's I don't get that. At 42, the Wizards, I'm going to take Marcus Sasser. He's short, but he can shoot, and he can score, and he can run a team, and he can be a professional. They've got Jalen Pickett at 42. I don't think I've got Pickett in my top 60. He's like a shooting guard that I'm not sure can shoot. Let's go to the next one. 43 is the Blazers. I've got Andre Jackson Jr. there. Like sort of the Matisse Thibley sort of a player. Seth Lundy going to the uh, Blazers, according to ESPN. At 44 to the Spurs, I've got Kobe Brown. At 45 to the Grizzlies, I've got Seth Lundy. 46 to the Hawks, I've got Mike Miles Jr., a shorter point guard with some shooting upside. At 47 to the Lakers, I'm going with Tumani Kamara. And 48 to the Clippers, I'm going to go with Nadar Ifi, um, Algerian French point guard who played in the French League, really sort of started to come on towards the end of the year. Quite shifty, quite explosive, fast, decent finisher. Um, a little bit short, but I think Ifi is a guy that's, you know, I know it's so hard not to say hi fi. If it is Ifi um, jumping up there, they've got Keontae Johnson at ESPN at 48. Let's just bang out the rest of this draft now. 49 to the Cavs, I'm going to go with Ricky Council, the fourth. At 50, I'm going to go with Keontae Johnson. 51, Hunter Tyson from Clemson going to the Nets. 52 to the Suns, Jalen Wilson, and I'm not even confident about that one. 53 to the Wolves, I've got Chris Livingston. 54 to the Kings, I've got Adama Sonogo. And then the final four picks, because there's two forfeited ones. At number 55, the Hungarian legend, Vincent Valerio Bodon, going to the paces at 55. 56 to the Grizzlies, I've got Adam Flagler. 57 and 58 have been forfeited. 59, I've got Mohamed Gaye going to the Wizards. And at 60, I've got Colin Castleton going to the Milwaukee Bucks, a shop-locking big man who could just fit in perfectly behind Brooke Lopez. And that is my final 58-pick mock draft. Tomorrow's live show, it's going to be sick. We're going to be talking about the value of these players in real time, dynasty value as well. Um, having some jokes and laughs about lots of different things. So join me over there. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app and on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.